You're listening to The Ragged Edge. I'm Richard Stone. No reasonable political professional would argue that Trump has not damaged the Republican brand. The only question is, how much has he damaged it? My guest this week is Harold Cook. Harold is a longtime media strategist, public policy pro, and political analyst. He's been a regular contributor to Capital Tonight, was published in the Texas Monthly, and reporters from all over the country, including me, turned to Harold for insight into this state's often crazy political circus. We talked about what voters should expect on election night, how long we should expect to wait on the results, and handicap the various elections in Texas. We also settled once and for all whether or not beans belong in Chile. We'll get to that interview in a minute, but first, this. Ragged Edge is sponsored in part by RTS Connect, a small consulting company with decades of experience explaining complex issues to the general public. Words matter. Message matters, especially for those who work at the intersection of public policy and public relations. RTS Connect. Make your point. Stay on point. Info at rtsconnect.org. Harold Cook, welcome to the program. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. You bet. You bet. I asked you to be on the program because I wanted to set expectations, maybe, for how things are going to go on Election Day. And uh, you're a pretty good handicapper. You've got your ear to the ground of of, uh, all the back channel chatter. And I thought, you know, maybe you could give us some insight. So let's just get started. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think there are a couple of possible likely scenarios here. The first scenario is that all of this is completely overblown and it's going to be a relatively calm time on election night and there's not going to be huge delays that mean much. And by that, I mean this. Yes, there is concern about uh, counting votes taking a long time because of the all the additional voting by mail. And there's big concern that that's going to th- show slow things down. And maybe it could take days to figure out who won the presidential election. But uh, one scenario that I think is sort of likely is there will no pretty early because some of the most key states are on the uh, East Coast, on the Eastern time zone, and also because uh, those states, many of them, have changed their rules such that the people who run the elections in those various counties in those states can start counting mail ballots during the day before the polls even close. So when the polls close in the eastern time zone, for example, let's say that Biden is winning Florida, they will start counting those ballots during the day for the mail-in votes, and then hopefully there won't be big delays with the in-person voting after the polls close. So we may know fairly early in the evening whether or not Biden has won Florida. Well, if Biden wins Florida, I think people can start relaxing because it's pretty hard to imagine 
a scenario that that gets uh, Trump to enough electoral votes to win the election without carrying Florida. If, on the other hand, Trump is winning Florida, then I think it's much more likely that it's going to be a very, very late night or maybe even into the next day or two. Uh, So I think one key is Florida. Uh, Watch to see how those ballots get counted. Another is Ohio and Pennsylvania. Now, the reason I'm not mentioning New York, I mean, look, I think everybody expects New York's counting to be posed up because it was in the primary. They, they're kind of new to mail voting and they're not very good at it yet. But we, were, we don't really have to care about places like New York because nobody is going to seriously doubt that Biden isn't going to carry uh, New York. I mean, he is. That's just the Democrat always would. So it's those key states that are up for grabs that you really have to be the ones to watch. You don't have to get enough votes counted to count all the way up to the electoral votes necessary to win the election. What you have to do is get enough key states in the bag reasonably so that either Biden or Trump, it's just obvious that they're eventually going to get there once those other states are counted. What I've been reading today and actually over the last week or so is that the vote by mail is going to be less the presidential race and more the down ballot races where, you know, a couple of dozen votes can sometimes decide who your state representative is or even sometimes who goes to Congress in those states. Here in Texas, of course, we'll have all of our votes counted no later than the next day. At least that's the information that I'm getting. It's very unlikely that even mail vote won't be counted by the end of the day on Wednesday. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, yeah, especially this time. They'll start counting those ballots earlier. They will have already processed all those mail ballots, and they will be ready to put in the machine at 7.01 p.m., and everything's going to be pretty normal in uh, Texas as far as uh, how long it takes to count votes. Now, having said that, (laughs) there are time honored traditions in Texas that for some reason just dictate that Travis County and Harris County take forever. I have no idea why it's always been that way. It doesn't matter which party is in charge. It's always been that way, and I guess it always will be. But yeah, and uh, even they've had plenty of plenty of opportunity to to, to kind of run up to it, and it's just it's not going to make any difference. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it just kind of stuns them every time. You know, oh my God, there's, there's, there's an election going on. Perhaps we should do something about that. <laughs> Which kind of brings us to another question: How much damage is uh, Governor Abbott's decision to pull? all but one mail ballot drop-off location per county. How much damage is that going to do to the GOP? Or is it going to do any damage to the GOP? I don't think it's going to matter, frankly. Uh, I think it's going to make things a little more difficult, especially for some seniors to vote. In a normal election, I would probably side with those who say that it's going to really cost some participation. And I I think it's a terrible decision, but I don't think it's going to cost many, if any, votes this time because the electorate is absolutely 
hell-bent to vote this time. Everybody is highly motivated. Both the pro-Trump people and the anti-Trump people uh, are highly, highly motivated. And I'm pretty sure that everybody is ready to crawl through broken glass to vote, if that's what it takes. It also helps that, that the early voting period has been extended. Uh, And let's not forget, the only thing they did away with are the additional locations to physically drop off your mail ballot. You can still mail that ballot. And especially right now, everybody should be mailing them because there's plenty of time. What I would advise any voter who wants to vote by, by mail to do is if you've already got your ballot, Vote the ballot now and mail it in now, and then you don't have to worry about it. It's really only those last-minute people who have reason to worry that they have waited too late for that ballot to be received by Election Day that have to go find that location, that one location in Travis County and one location in Harris, which is going to be very long lines and it's going to be a total cluster. I would say if you're one of those that waits to the last minute to turn in your ballot by mail, don't do it. Don't even request a mail ballot this time if you're going to wait to the last minute. Just go vote early during the early voting period if you can. Who would have thought that Ted Cruz's comment about crawling over broken glass I mean, because I think he didn't he originate that back in 2018. The Democrats are going to crawl across broken glass to vote against me. Uh, who'd have thunk that that particular phrase would be picked up as often as it has? I just thought that was just a complete aside here. All I know, but well, everybody <laughs> is just, uh, especially the anti-Trump people. I mean, he has really just pretty much pissed everybody off, and is increasingly looking like. Trump is not only going to lose this election, he could lose it really big. And in the process, he could bring down a whole bunch of other Republicans with him. And that is because of the intensity of the anger against Trump. And that's what Cruz meant two years ago when he said they'll crawl through broken glass to vote against me. And if it it was true against Cruz two years ago, it's doubly true against Trump now. Right, right. Do the Democrats win the majority in the, in the Texas House? If you'd asked me that six months ago, I would have tried to very politely <laughs> uh, find a way to say probably they will not uh, win it. But now I really have to wonder. I think it's going to be very close. Six months ago, the reason I would have doubted that the Democrats could take the majority is that so many things would have to be falling into place in exactly the right direction for Democrats for that to help him. It's because the the particular real estate that Democrats still have to win to take the majority is traditionally pretty Republican real estate. All of the districts that are being fought over right now, they are all districts that Republicans drew in the last redistricting cycle that happened for Republicans to win. And they have been held 
almost all of them by Republicans for the entire decade. It just seemed very unlikely six months ago. But fast forward to today, yeah, things really have gone in exactly the right direction for Democrats. We've got all the headwinds. It is mostly Trump's fault, but not all his fault. But, you know, Trump... Yeah, Governor Abbott hasn't, hasn't helped his own cause too much. Yeah, he. Yeah, lately he has not. He, uh, I mean, polling for the last several years, really, uh, Abbott has traditionally been the most popular office holder in Texas by a lot. And if the election were being held today, I'm not sure he'd make it all out of his own primary, much less win the general. Now, I'm I'm not sure he's in big danger. He's got two years to fix it. I mean, most of this is over pandemic politics. And if at the end of the day, when we are beyond this pandemic crisis, if he is eventually seen as having saved lives with his policies, I think he will recover. And if he is eventually seen as trying to play politics with this pandemic, I think he's probably toast. And either thing could be true, depending on things he hasn't even done yet. So how are you looking at the U.S. Senate race here in Texas? Does MJ have a chance? Uh, There was a poll that was released yesterday that showed her with... Yeah, yeah, she she was within one one point. Right. I've said from the start that she could very well make this into a race. It depended on a couple of things. Uh, One, primarily whether or not she could raise the funds to compete, and she has. Right. Uh, She's got plenty of money. She'll be on the air. The only thing really that was ever missing from this race is that a whole lot of general election voters just didn't really know much about her. The problem for Cornyn uh, has always been a very different one than Ted Cruz's problem. Ted Cruz's problem is that everybody knew who he was and everybody hated him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cornyn has kind of the opposite problem. Nobody in the world hates him, but also nobody in the world likes him. I mean, right. he's, he's kind of like the, the stone that gets thrown into the pond and doesn't even make a, a ripple. I mean, <laughs> it's just that nobody cares about him one way or the other. He really has no base that is at all enthusiastic. So he doesn't have some, some rabid army on his behalf like Ted Cruz did. On, and on the other hand, he did have warning that this was going to be a tough, tough election, which is why warning that Ted Cruz did not have. I don't think anybody saw it coming that a general election was actually going to be statewide close in Texas. Cruz, to his credit, I think understood that, but nobody believed him and they wouldn't give him any money until the last minute. And then he almost lost. So at least Cornyn had the warning and he knew from the start it was going to be tough and he has raised a bunch of money and he's worked very hard so nobody's going to catch him napping and that is the good news for Cornyn and I think that may well be the only good news for Cornyn. Uh, I think this is going to be a very close race. I would still suspect that he could narrowly squeak it out but I wouldn't want to risk my own personal money betting on that. Right, right. I think a lot depends on how Biden does in Texas, because if Biden really, you know, that that same poll showed a dead heat also between Biden and Trump. And if Biden can 
pull a few extra votes across the, the, the finish line, you know, he may drag MJ with him. Well, and that, that goes not only for the U.S. Senate race, but I think it goes all the way down the ballot into congressional re- races and perhaps into the uh, state house majority question. It really just depends on the extent to which Trump has damaged the Republican brand. No reasonable political professional would argue that Trump has not damaged the Republican brand. The only question is how much has he damaged it? There is no credible professional in the world who is claiming that Republicans are going to be enjoying big gains in this election anywhere. The only question is, how bad does the GOP lose it? Um, Let's circle back around to the Texas House. If the Democrats do win a majority of the seats, who is the next Speaker of the House? Is it somebody like Joe Moody or one of the one of the, the newer people in the House? I will give you my very complicated and double top secret uh, professional opinion. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is an exclusive. Here we go. I don't have a clue. (laughs) And anybody who claims they have a clue, they are just lying. I have never seen things so wide open in my entire life as they are in the state house right now. Even if the Republicans retain the majority, I have no idea what's going to happen. You always hear the names of likely suspects, and they are the people you would expect. They are the more competent members of the legislature in both parties. On the on the Republican side, you hear names like Ford Price, you know, and he's just a real competent human being. He, you know, he and I would probably disagree on most things, but nobody would argue, especially not a member of the House, nobody would argue that he doesn't work hard and that he isn't earnest and, uh, and well-meaning. And those are the sorts of members I think they would turn to, to if the Republicans retained the majority in the state house. If the Democrats were to prevail, I honestly don't know what direction they would go in. I think Joe Moody has been in a lot of public conversations about a Democratic speaker. He would be seen as a perfectly credible candidate. There is some thinking in both parties, frankly, uh, that uh, Symphonia Thompson would be an excellent uh, speaker. She is kind of the Democratic for price. I mean, there's probably a whole bunch of Republicans who disagree with her on every single issue, but they still adore her. They trust her. They respect her. And she is the uh, she is number two in seniority in the entire House of Representatives. So I I think there is a a pool of thinking that perhaps a speakership with her might be a fitting reward for years and years of honorable service. Yeah, I I just don't know what direction they would go in. Yeah, yeah. I I, I knew that that was going to be a complicated answer. The the handicappers that I talked to basically said the same thing you said. It's just, who knows? Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I've got clients who ask me that on a... On a minutely basis, I'm like, nope, I still don't have any idea. And you can ask another ten people, and they'll tell you the same thing. If they're being honest, they don't have a, I, they have no idea either. Yeah, ask me again. <laughs> ask me again, November tenth, <laughs> and I probably and still won't have a really good idea then. Although it may start to clarify a little bit at that point. Well, I will say this though: after the election. 
And I'm just going on past experience in the House whenever the speakership has been open. Uh, once it starts happening, it happens really fast. Oh, yeah. Dennis Bonin just kind of came out of left field. And suddenly oh, sure. yeah. he, was, he yeah. was the guy. One day it is all up in the air. And then 10 minutes later, somebody has already wrapped up a majority of the votes. Right, right. And once that's somebody has... It happened with uh, Speaker Strauss. Right. And that's the way it happened last time. And it'll likely happen again this time. mess around for perhaps weeks muddling around not knowing what to do until suddenly they all know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's Texas legislature. So uh, what's keeping you up late at night these t- these days? You know, with the election, I, I, I am sleeping pretty well at night, actually, but that's pretty recent. What was keeping me awake is what thing could Trump do to change the d- dynamic of this presidential election. And the later it gets, the more unlikely it seems that there's anything he can do. And in fact, in the last 48 hours, he is acting like a president who has finally internalized that he's about to lose. I mean, that's just the tone he's taking, especially with his tweets in in the last couple of days, and especially just this morning. He's just in a rage. I think he has finally internalized that it's very likely that he's probably going to lose this election. And there's really not a lot left he can do at this point to change that dynamic, especially with him stuck in the White House. Now that he's got the virus, he can't get out there and do what he does the best, which is get out in front of a huge crowd of people and make them, you know, drool. Right. Is there anything else keeping you up? Not non-election related. Well, I, you know, obviously I'm like everybody else in the country, I guess. I just really worry about people's health in the middle of the pandemic and, you know, trying to stay well yourself. And, you know, what, what I worry about the most, I think, are these small businesses through no, no fault of their own are literally on their last legs. And uh, there's really nothing in a lot of cases that can be done about that. But I feel so bad for so many people who are losing their life savings because their businesses are failing. And a lot of families are about to be thrown out of their homes, out of work and all that. And I, I just think it's a terrible situation that it makes me really angry when I think about it. It, it is so much it's so much worse than it needed to be. And that's from the president on down. Uh, and even if the White House and everybody downstream from there had done exactly the right thing, uh, it would still be bad. And, you know, it, it's just it really is heartbreaking when you think about all the people who have died and how how many people are being ruined uh, financially by this. And I, I just really hope that the solutions are not long in coming. I really hope that vaccines work and are available sooner rather than later and that they're safe and that we can finally move beyond this and, you know, try to get back to some semblance of normal. I got one more question, but before I ask that, what have I forgotten to ask you? <laughs> hey, Harold. I have no idea what you've forgotten to ask me. <laughs> Harold, Harold, that is my normal near the end of the interview question. It's just like, and it, it doesn't matter if I'm talking to somebody like you or I'm talking to the chief of police. It's like, sometimes I forget to ask questions and they sit there going, well, why didn't you ask me this? <laughs> <laughs> 
I never know what what uh, viewers or listeners want to hear about. So I'm, but you do. So I'm perfectly happy to talk about whatever you want to talk In about. In that case, then the next question has to be about chili. Well, yeah. I mean, it has no beans, and if it has beans, it's not chili. So defend that statement. <laughs> Look, I uh, I have uh, had a lot of fun over the years starting pointless arguments on social media about <laughs> chili. <laughs> I, I know that you have. I think I've chimed in on two or three of them. <laughs> I, I, it's the dumbest argument I get into, and I have more fun arguing about that than practically anything. But my my uh, my position is clear. Chili has no beans. If it has beans, it may well be absolutely delicious, and I will defend you making it. You just can't rightfully call oh. it chili. You can call it meat soup. You can do anything you want. It's your money. It's your kitchen. It's your stomach. Have a good time. But you just shouldn't call it chili. And I will call as a piece of evidence number one that if you were to show up uh, at the Terlingua Chili Cook-Off with so much as one bean in your chili, they would immediately disqualify you from the competition because it is against the rules. If, if you even showed up with beans in the chuck wagon, they'd probably <laughs> eject, eject you post-haste. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. If you show up with a bean, it better be a jelly bean that you're just snotty <laughs> stacking on while you stir your chili. <laughs> Well, that is a that is a very good defense of the statement, Harold. <laughs> well, this has been an enjoyable half hour. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day and uh, to, to visit a little bit with me. I, I, I appreciate that, Harold. Anytime, Richard. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Ragged Edge. A reminder, you can find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you normally look for shows like this. Uh, We're a production of RTS Connect, helping public-facing organizations make their point, then stay on point. Original theme music composed and performed by Ryan Stone. Thanks, man. Opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and don't necessarily reflect those of Black Sparrow Radio. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 